Welcome to Tenet Men. Welcome to Tenement. I'm your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. I had a, had a hell of a weekend. Uh as you know, I also have, I, I, I got something to start us off on this podcast. Really oh. great. Oh, I love it. Curveball. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let me just pitch you something. A shower thought, complete shower thought I had. Remember how I was complaining that, you know, if they know where Seder is hiding the algorithm, why do they have to take it right then? If it's just going to be buried in a hole forever, they yeah. could literally have, they literally have infinite time to go dig up the entire algorithm. If they know where it is, they have a lot they could of just, time. They could yeah. just let the, they could just let Seder kill himself, bomb go off, and go dig it up. My thought was, it's it's in a nuclear irradiated area, and okay. the most irradiated part of those sites is the dirt because it has the most surface area. So maybe the premise was you can after that bomb goes off, you cannot go dig because there'd be too much radiation. But then I was thinking you have infinite time. You that you have infinite time to solve that problem, which is simply an engineering problem. Uh, humans would get radiation poisoning if they dug in that area. Well, so I was like, why not just send a drone to dig? They have drones that dig tunnels now and stuff. You send a drone down there to get your algorithm and, and, and bring it back. And then I thought, well, why? It, why? The future can't send back a Terminator-style robot. Just invert a Terminator-style robot. And when they're inverted, they're they're completely mechanical. They You could just flip a switch in their head, and instead of walking backwards, they walk forwards. Yeah. And I just thought that would be a really cool addition to this movie if there was an unstoppable killing Terminator sent from the future <laughs> and inverted. when it gets inverted it still can fight you completely normal it can't though all right i'm gonna get all i'm gonna get all and <laughs> en- i'm gonna go all engineer on you right it's not just you don't just flip a switch and it starts moving forward right like it's got a lot of a lot of electronics in there right? no it's the and t6 it's the t1600 no, so it just talking. it stop. just hold on reverses me... itself no, <laughs> the no, no, face becomes on. the back of the head the it's arms more, go the opposite way it's more it's more complicated than that because like all its sensors and stuff are still sensing things backwards right and you can't flip a switch until it's to start sensing things forward so like yeah you could flip a switch and instead of walking backwards it's going to walk forwards that's like you're just inverting a motor but like all of its all of its A to D components, you know, analog to digital components are still going to not work properly. So like at some point, like you can, I, I, okay, I like the idea. I, th- I think Hold given on. time, on. it's no. just an engineering problem you can solve. It's not. It's the same. It has the same <laughs> inverted issues that, that people have, right? But, but here, <laughs> like you can send the robot back, you, like just like you do with the gold, right? Mm-hmm. And then Seder finds it 
and then uninverts it so that it could it could operate, operate normally. it could operate normally right that's the much simpler engineering solution to this problem that you've concocted true okay i i also think that they would be better at using inverted ammunition right <laughs> um I, I mean, it's like saying self-driving cars are safer than human driving cars. Yeah. <laughs> Until right. they go all Westworld on you. And then... <laughs> all right. I got to put yeah. a stop to this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A fun, I just, a fun thought I, experiment I throw out there. But like, I'm not buying the radiation argument either. Cause like you could just, you know, like you said, like drones could go dig it up or yeah. you could just yeah, put exactly. a suit on. Can't you like, aren't there like radiation proof suits, like a lead suit and you'll be fine. Or, yeah. or, you know, like worst, like cynical case scenario, like we're just going to pay a bunch of poor people and we don't care about their lives and go dig up oh. the radioactive material. Invert them. <laughs> Invert them. It's so they become un they, like It's like when divers go down and then they have to sit in that hyperbolic chamber or whatever to, so they don't get the bends. It's like, and okay, then, guys, we're going to, you're going to go get a bunch of radiation. <laughs> you're going to come back with sores all over you, but don't worry. We're going to, you're going to go sit in this shipping container for two weeks and you'll get better <laughs> and then we'll send you back. <laughs> I like, like from, uh, from everyone else's perspective, they're going to be like, why are they filling in that hole? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take forever. <laughs> it's going to get all cool hand Luke. Why is there dirt in the boss's that hole? Guy, hey, that guy who looks kind of like me is now filling in everything I did yesterday. <laughs> Jackass. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, handsome fellow. <laughs> I know you can hear me. All right. Uh, great thought. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your thoughts <laughs> at Tenement on Twitter. Um, let's jump into it. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Blue team. So we're kicking off. Red team. Red team. <laughs> colorblind <laughs> we've been through this script <laughs> we've been through this red team uh we left off last week uh the protagonist creepily stalks cat to her kid's school um watching it you know piece by piece now i'm pretty sure he's a some kind of pervert <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing about him no but uh, we ended where Cat asked the protagonist, so do you know what a free port is? And he says a storage facility that was acquired uh, for art that was acquired. And she says, but not yet text, right? And we're, we're about to approach maybe the weirdest conversation in this movie, okay? Uh, a temporal conversation, if you will. Oh. Uh, and I have some questions, so I'm glad you have the script handy. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm now on the right page. So... Now, the protagonist and Kat are talking, and we're getting glimpses of a new scene that's starting, right? And the and the fun heist music. So there's a car driving a, a car at the airport. It goes under a tunnel. It comes out at the Freeport at the Oslo Airport. Now we're we're kicking off at thirty four twenty one. Now Kat says we started a network. Rotas, this construction company, built them. I brought in the clients. Rotas. Here's our, this is the first time we hear Rodas in the movie, right? Maybe the only time Rodas really comes up in the movie. Yeah. But, and we talked about the, the Seder Square last week. Rotas is, is part of the Seder Square. It's Seder backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
now cat inverted satyr <laughs> inverted satyr yeah um cat continues the facilities are tax havens and then the protagonist says the clients can view their investments without importing them this dialogue continues off screen the car reaches the free port someone opens the door and neil is stepping out uh and then the protagonist finishes his thoughts so they avoid paying taxes now new scene cut right yeah um but it's it's the protagonist and Neil talking to each other, right? Like having the same conversation, but now it's the protagonist and Neil. And they're walking uh, on this like rooftop park, which I Googled. It's the Oslo Opera House. That's what it says in the script. I was just gonna, yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, word for word from the script, including all stage directions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, uh, I Maybe I have a future reverse engineering script. <laughs> so... And then Neil now is talking to the protagonist and he says, it's sort of like a transit lounge for art question. And now Kat responds, right, to the protagonist, art, antiquities, anything of value, really. All right. And then in my notes, I wrote, whoa, three-way temporal conversation happening here. <laughs> and then the protagonist says, anything? Again, pervert. Um <laughs> yeah, how many? How much like illegal shits in that freeport? <laughs> um, and then cat in front of the school. Now actually on screen too. The school's in London, by the way, Cannon Hall. Um, I scouted all the locations. So she says, England just has some badass names for schools. I mean, <laughs> Cannon, Cannon Hall. Cannon Hall. Yeah. Um, she says anything legal. Um, sure. Sure. then, then we, we cut protagonist in Oslo with Neil, but it's not unlike the Swiss banking system, opaque. Now we cut back to Neil at the Freeport, looking around the lobby, being led by a host who I think his name is Klaus. Um, and then we get some Klaus dialogue. Oh. And he says, as I'm sure you are aware, most Freeports are just warehouses, but here we ensure that you can actually, and then it cuts out. Um, and then we cut to Cat. Cat. Uh, now here's an interesting piece of dialogue. Cat says, "Rotas has asset assets in the Oslo Freeport. I'm guessing it's there. Uh, what kind of assets? Dun dun dun. Um, the we cut back to the the Klaus and the Freeport, and this way to the vaults. Uh, that has an exclamation point at the end in the captioning. It's exciting. <laughs> this way to the vaults." Uh, is, is his dialogue in the script, by the way? It is. He is called Staff Member. I'm having trouble. It, it's, the script does not have that scene playing out at the same time. So that is. Okay. I'm trying to catch up to. Is there an exclamation? <laughs> is there an exclamation point? Like in the in the, in the the closed captioning, there's an exclamation. He's very excited about he the He speaks vaults. a lot more. Uh, wow. He says, I, I have a feeling this. I'm looking for that. This way to the vaults. Well. Um, this is, it's really hard to like, kind of walk, like talk you through this, right? Because mm -hmm. like, there's so much back and it's forth, back but, and forth yeah. but now remember like the last thing Kat says is his, has assets in the Oslo Freeport. I'm guessing it's there. Then the protagonist says to Kat guessing question mark. And then Neil to the protagonist guessing <laughs> question mark. Okay. Now I'm back over on this page. Hold on. <laughs> and then Kat responds to the protagonist. We make trips there four or five times a year. 
And then the protagonist says, to view art. Uh, and Kat says, and, and this is where I need some help, actually. Okay. So the protagonist says, to view art, question. Uh, Kat says, and whatever it is he does turns out arts of no importance to Andre. I think they messed up. I think the movie messed up here. Because uh, okay. that's, not, that's not a valid response to the protagonist's question. She answered the wrong question. I think there's okay, an, no. I think there's an editing mistake here. So I'm curious uh, what the script says. No, okay. The protagonist says to view art. Cat says, and whatever he does, it turns out art is of no importance to Andre. That's what it is in the script. That's what it is in the script. But doesn't I, that, I, doesn't I, that feel I wrong? No, the the Goya and all the art he has there is simply to get no, 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 into the freeport. Not not thematically. I'm just talking about like English language grammatically. Like, oh. He says to view he, art, and she responds, and whatever it is he does. Like, okay, yeah, she's answering a question. Well, she's he's playing dumb, and she's like, all right, let's get to the freaking answer here. Nah, <laughs> also, I don't know. I also, I have a reading of this Neil dialogue. Like, Neil already knows what's in the Freeport, or that, you know, he already knows this, and he's kind of just playing along so that the protagonist thinks that Neil is also learning this kind of information for the first time. <laughs> so did, did Neil actually go to the Freeport to scout it out or is he just like telling the protagonist he did? Oh yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to the Freeport and scout it out. And oh, then he just goes, yeah. then, he just, then he just goes to the pub and like yeah, yeah, down, yeah. downs a couple <laughs> martinis <laughs> and comes back and he's like, Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they got art there and shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he's been in it before, so he probably does need to scout it. But okay. I think he's more aware of stuff because later on we'll see that he's playing the protagonist, playing dumb in front of the protagonist. He is. Yeah. Uh, it's adorable, really. Which the protagonist is also kind of doing in front of Cat. Well, I mean, it's a spy thing. It's Yeah, they're all kind of, conceal your intentions. Yeah, that's what they're doing. All right. I don't like so, I don't like this piece of dialogue. Right. Yeah. I just I, mm. I just feel like it's it's bad english or something okay and just to answer your question this way to the vaults does not appear in the script he has a longer thing he says where he's describing the structure of the vaults i have that that's coming up yeah that is coming up but i i i, I think that was probably an added dialogue because uh yeah because of all the cutting so they need to him to say something to explain why they're walking through the freeport so uh, so, and whatever it is he does, turns out, turns out arts of no importance to Andre. Obviously we know the turnstiles there and that's why he's there, which is pretty cool. It's like, Hey everyone, let's go take a trip to the Freeport. Uh, and then he goes through a turnstile, gets up to some shenanigans, comes back through the turnstile. Like how does he get reversed. back in there? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But like to Cad, it's like minutes. Like he goes into this room, he's there for a couple of minutes and he comes out. But to Seder, he was gone for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Unless, I mean, if he's using it to unavert stuff, it just disappears. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it too. But that I, might you know, be part he's, of it too. he's definitely using it for shenanigans. But like, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> if he, he can't use it to both invert himself, because then he also has to get out of there. But Maybe it's not for use. human use. No, no, no. It's for human use. You go into a free port. Oh, I'd like to see my Goya. You invert yourself. And then he leaves by just some other exit. By some other exit 
in the most secure facility. He built the and facility. And also he's leaving, he's leaving before he arrived. He he built the facility. He could do whatever he wants. I guess he gets like a free pass. Yeah. yeah he could he could just he could just tell everybody to go take 15 minutes. He's got like a secret tunnel. Oh, he okay, built a freaking right. turnstile. That's his there. that okay, so this is his free port. That's yeah. Right. You're right. Okay. This oh, okay. Yes. I'm stupid. Thank you, Mr. Newell. <laughs> I'm just saying like <laughs> It's like I, no, no, no. I'm always trying to find plot holes, but this wasn't one of them. Okay, I don't think so. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This one <laughs> is legit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. And then, so where am I? Okay, so it turns out arts of no importance to Andre. Uh, and then the protagonist says, "But the free parts are," and he's really serious looking. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, but the free ports are. No, that's just a statement. What the heck um, does he think is there? <laughs> I don't know. At this point in time, right? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. But the free ports are. That's what's important. Hmm. Interesting. What's going yeah, on? Because at this point, he doesn't know anything about turnstiles. No. He's just tracking down this Goya thread that was given to him from Sir Michael. Sir Crosby or whatever. Also, Priya threw him onto this. But and he knows well. about he knows about inversion at this point too. So that's true. He knows he knows about inverted inverted objects, not inverted people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So okay. So we, maybe he's thinking, oh, there's a bunch of inverted ammunition there or something. Okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Now he says back, or now we go back to the Freeport, uh, Klaus. I'm fun. It's funny his name's not in there because it's in the subtitles. No staff member. <laughs> um, he opens the door with a fingerprint. Um, then the host says the structure of the vaults is based on the Pentagon. Each vault a separate structure within the others. Damage to one structure won't compromise the others. Um, they're in a vault right now. You can see art hanging on some walls. Uh, Neil observes some cans of like gas mounted to the wall and the ceiling which we'll learn about later uh and then that's it that's the end of my minute actually so he compares it to the pentagon and then they crash a plane into it uh holy shit yeah it's as oh, safe sh- as the pentagon impenetrable uh, <laughs> um mm. Mm, yeah yeah let's leave that there for anybody <laughs> Got nothing else to say about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, in real life, it wasn't a plane, you know. <laughs> I'm going to feed the internet trolls with that one. <laughs> uh, and now, that's, yeah, that's the end of my minute. Blue team. Uh, okay. you're, actually, do you have anything else? That's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, happening I that think minute. that's pretty self-explanatory. That's all stuff you eventually pick up in your first watch of the movie, kind of. I, you know what, like I never, I never, I think appreciated the complexity of the dialogue that's happening in like two totally discreetly different scenes, but all like cohesively tied together. It's actually like a really, and it's executed really well. Right. So I don't Mm -hmm. know, like, is is that like, have you seen that technique in another movie? I can't think of another scene in another movie where that's like employed. Well, it's cutting back and forth. A lot of heist movies do a lot of that cutting back and forth where they're scouting the location they're talking about and they're saying, this is what we're going to do. And this is how this security system set up. It's, Maybe. But they're also explaining. It's also kind of, I, I do have to correct myself because I often say the Goya is like a red herring that kind of goes nowhere. But now I see it's kind of his, it's the reason why he built the Freeport. 
and it's his excuse for visiting it so often. Um, it's also just kind of weird that the whole forgery thing is kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I still think it's an odd red herring that kind of goes nowhere. After after this dialogue, that's what it that's what it was. It was a red herring for us, the audience, yeah. not in the plot of the film. It was it's, used, uh, yeah. it's, just, it's it's a device to get us from point A to point C. Yes, <laughs> just and like never return to that topic again. Like um, like in the in the latest Star Wars with like the dagger that somehow matches up perfectly with the shape of the Death Star. No idea what you're talking about. That movie just I <laughs> it's I watched it's, it once it's, and. It's worse. It's 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 horrible. It's like it's the worst plot device ever. Uh, the Goya is a better plot device. Or the thing the kids had in the Goonies, where you had to be standing on this random hill and you hold it up to the the lighthouse and the rock and the yeah. But the Goonies is flawless. So I mean, yeah, that all tracks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, blue team, commence. All right. Okay, Priya, uh, her first... <laughs> okay, this is a little confusing. We're in the middle of this conversation. I'm at one hour, uh, 49 minutes, 21 seconds. I need to start saying the timestamps again in case anybody just jumps in here and has no idea what the heck <laughs> we're talking about. But that's where I am, moving backwards to the film. So I've already discussed the end of this conversation that leads into Neil and Kat uh, discussing what the third act mission is. And we're in the middle of this one between... Priya and the protagonist, which is actually kind of interesting. So just prior to her saying this line, the line is mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> they were just talking about, um, uh, there's a whole other thing that I want to get into in my next minute, but uh, basically the protagonist is like, wait, you wanted him to get all nine sections of the algorithm. And she says something to like, yeah, that's the only way to get all of them in one place at one time is if he has all of them, he'll bury them all together, which doesn't also doesn't track because why can't he bury it in nine locations and send out the email burst with nine different locations? Well, he, he needs to assemble it so that it, it detonates or whatever it's equivalent of detonating is. Sure. <laughs> That's the whole dead man. Well, again, we, this is exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. Okay, whatever. So we have we have to was Priya wants him to assemble it. So that's why she allows him to get the last piece because he has the other eight, and that's the only way to get all the pieces of the algorithm. And um, that's the, so the then the protagonist says, "Oh, so I was supposed to steal it and then lose it." And Priya says, "Mission accomplished." So uh, then they go on. Protagonist says, "You used me." Priya says, as you used Catherine, standard operating procedure, you've done your part. Protagonist replies, my part? I'm the protagonist of this operation. All right. Priya says, you're a protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this guy had top billing. I'm pretty sure. His, John, his, his world John is shattering right no. now. I always get his name wrong. John, John David Washington. John David Washington. I always want to say John Kerry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Hold so. on a second. Like, so she <laughs> wanted Seder to get the last component so that he could put it all together and then lose it in one full sweep. Is that like, 
is that how the CIA would run things, or wouldn't they just be like, no, no, we're gonna hold on to this end? Well, what is world, she? This world-ending device, um, so that Seder can't put the whole thing together, and then we'll figure out another way to find the other eight pieces that he has, or just destroy that ninth piece so that it could never. Yeah, why not just destroy that one piece that the CIA does have? I don't think it can destroy it. That's no, anything can be destroyed. But why don't they destroy it? They're just their, their goal is to take it and hide it again. Why? Why are they hiding it? Why not like give it to Frodo it's, and throw it in the pit of Mordor and be done with it? It's too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, Sam. Got a hold on me. Uh, you ever been addicted to anything? It's really hard. <laughs> you done, Sam? How many rings of power have you consumed? But like that's the mission. The mission is to like separate it so that it could never ever be put together again. Well, that's I don't think you can destroy. It. It's just I have to think about the bootstrap paradox. It's like the it has to be in the past so it can never be invented in the future. What's happens happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So that's her plan. And also Priya is not like a reliable narrator in these because she's already at every meeting she's withheld information from the protagonist and she's still doing it here, I think. Information it's, divided. But it's also important to realize that Ives works for Priya. Who works for the protagonist? Neil. Who works for the protagonist? Wait. Which a protagonist or the protagonist? The, there's only one the protagonist. The protagonist. Uh, Priya seems to think that she is a protagonist. Well, because she was hired by Neil, who was hired by the protagonist. I think they're all told they're protagonists. Yeah, that's why. Uh, Ives also operates like he's a protagonist. Well, he is a protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think his plan was to... Like, think he's gonna go tie up loose ends and kill Priya too? <laughs> he's, he, his score—he's probably getting like a like a bucket load of cash so he can go, you know, spend it on like coke and women, and, yeah, like beard <laughs> grease and uh, <laughs> I don't know Manchester United football gear and <laughs> <laughs> season tickets. I'm not sure what accent he was operating with. <laughs> I'm not not up on my British accents here. All right, whatever. Okay, let's get back. He says, I'm the protagonist of this operation. You're a protagonist. And then she looks off, dismissing him. What? You thought you were the only person capable of saving the world? Protagonist. What a little bit of hubris going on between these two. Uh, protagonist says, no, but I am because I haven't told you where he's assembling the algorithm or when. Priya says, you're about to. The protagonist says, no, I'm not. And they kind of look at each other like, oh, okay, we're, we're negotiating here. <laughs> protagonist goes on, so deal us in. This is also a leap in logic between these two sentences. And Priya says, why would you involve her again? So they're talking about Kat. Is that and in the movie or... Oh, well, he says, deal us in. And then she says, yeah, that is a little bit of a leap, though. How does she yeah, know? That, Talk about Kat and, like, not protagonist and Neil. I guess I guess technically Kat is the only person that's actually beholden 
to him at this point. Neil is still a free agent. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Who does Neil work for? Who does everybody else think Neil works for? Because Ives doesn't trust him. So Priya doesn't trust him. Did we cover that? He's like MI he's MI6. Yeah, he is. Because that's where uh Sir Sir Crosby gets us the intro. True. Or so he's from another branch of tenant that doesn't involve Priya. Yeah, maybe. I don't that's a good question. I kinda of think about that because they seem to not trust him or even consider that he and the protagonist are one and the same here, to the point where he says us and they don't consider him to be part of that at all. It's a good point. That's a really good and, point. And then Ives and Neil both kind of have that rivalry with each other. She gets a glimpse of him jumping off the roof when they first invade her when they That's first invade her apartment. So she knows there's another at least one other guy like the protagonist involved. Yeah, she might not even know his level. Right. Agency yet. Okay. That's, okay, so leap in logic, she goes. Why would you bring her in? Uh, okay, deal us in. Why would you involve her again? She can get close to him. Priya says, or asks, does he still trust her? Protagonist says, he thinks she's dead, but he used to. Then dun, Priya dun, says, dun, dun, dun. yeah, you <laughs> have started looking at the world in a new way. Protagonist says, and now it's your turn. Assuming she makes it out alive, whether or not you feel she knows too much. And then Priya says, I can't. And then this leads into this is the, that's my last line. I can't, yeah. which moves into the last part of this conversation, which is pretty segmented up right here, <laughs> because then they start negotiating for her life, which sets up their final confrontation at the end of the movie when he kills her to save Kat, basically trading Priya for a, a, a Priya protagonist for a Cat protagonist, which I feel is a good trade. Is it though? Like Cat's kind of a nobody without Seder. Seder's dead. We don't really need Cat anymore. But Priya has her own objectives, and Cat is completely beholden to the protagonist at this point moving forward. Yeah. What are Priya's objectives? Once I, I bet wonder what that prenup looked like. I bet I bet she's rolling in Seder dough, Rotasto. Sell both Goyas. Invert them. Then you got four Goyas running around. <laughs> They're not real. They're all counterfeit. The ones inverted are going to start undrawing themselves. It's going to get all... <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a Bansky painting. <laughs> <laughs> Got those those sailboats. You can sell a bunch of that crap. <laughs> is that Priya's mission? Is she's is she's just in this for the Seder dough? Yeah, I, well, I'm, you 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 were saying that Kate Cat is nothing without Seder, but now that Seder's dead, she might inherit that money, or at least her son will, and she'll be the custodian of that funds. That might be the funding that starts Tenet. <laughs> Maybe actually, yeah. And with money, which was generated from future wealth future wealth gold sent back right um somebody i, I saw this theory on youtube on uh, youtube uh, which is fascinating that the money that uh, Seder got he he didn't like spend all he did was use it for collateral for a loan okay 
And then, like, I, I have to watch it again and how he did. Because you're right. How, you can't spend that gold because you have to put it back in the earth if it's inverted. There's a, there's a whole thing. I, I'll send you a link if we can discuss <laughs> the Seder gold thing one day. I think it's coming up. Uh, when you're on the boat in your in your timeline, yeah, we'll couple, discuss how Seder's gold works. We're still pretty far from that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe actually, yeah, we're kind of far from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes us a while to get on those weird boats. Yeah, that's the James Bond portion of the movie. That's actually the very. That's actually towards the end of our our journey here, because after that is the the chase, the car chase, the chasing, and I think the chase scene is the end of our. End of it our will journey. be. It's when we're going to cross over, and that's also when maybe the most confusing part. It of is the, the most is. confusing part. I I stand by. It's like the end is kind of confusing. The chase is very confusing. Mm-hmm. This is episode 35, so we're 70 minutes in. We're almost halfway. Wow, we're halfway to almost. crossover almost. point. Almost half. We're 70 minutes in. How long is this movie? It's like, yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah, it's two hours and 20-something minutes. We are. We are halfway. Yeah. Uh, wow. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Mathematically, there's interesting things that happen when you start looking at the runtime of the movie. There's a, there's a lot of interesting. We were able to divide it up into even minutes. <laughs> it mostly works out okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Ten of Men podcast. <laughs> uh, if you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever platform you found us on. Rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friend.